0: Welcome, I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence here in Oregon and Chief Clinical Officer for Work To Be Well. You're with us live today at Talk To Be Well on Transgender Day of Visibility. Here with me are school administrator and consultant, Paula Nolan and college student and advocate, Billy Henderson. they join me today to celebrate Transgender Day of Visibility and to share their stories, their thoughts, and for all of us to have an opportunity to really, really look into this issue. So as a reminder, I wanna tell you that the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. It is neither intended nor it is implied that we have a relationship because we always want you to seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your medical condition And I am super excited for this conversation today for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I wanna start off by having our guests introduce themselves. Um, Paula, why don't you kick us off?
1: Yeah, sure. Hi, my name is Paula and I'm a school administrator in Eugene, Oregon. And I am a trans woman and have been out for a few years now. And, um, you know, we live here with my family and my kids and um, just enjoying the, the return of spring. Happy awesome. to introduce myself. Thanks for having me here today. I'm really excited.
0: Awesome. And, and Billy, I know I know you quite well, but I don't
1: know that our listeners do.
2: Hi, I'm Billy Henderson, and I'm a uh, freshman at Willamette University. Um, I'm trans non-binary. My pronouns are she, they. Um, and I don't know what more to say about me. I guess I'm also a protester.
0: Uh, I would venture to say that, yes, indeed, you are a protester. (laughs) Having lived with you, um, Uh, and uh, in the interest of full disclosure, Billy is also my child. So what does transgender day visibility mean to you? When when you hear that, what does it mean?
2: Uh, To me, I guess it just makes me think about um, all of the trans people who don't have the comfort the capability to be able to come out like whether it's um like the environment is working against them or they um like haven't like found that comfort within themselves but it's just like a day to acknowledge those people as well and acknowledge that you you aren't you aren't always just going to be like saying hey i'm trans this is who i am and like loud and proud there's a lot of us who still have a lot of struggles that we go through and still do like even if we are lying proud, about it, that doesn't mean we still don't have struggles that we go through so it's just like a day to acknowledge and remember the fact um that trans people are people as well and um we have our own stuff that we deal with I was trying not to swear there How about you? Well, I, I think
1: Billy just, you know, just was excellent in that answer. When I think about transgender visibility, it's really, it's a, it's a reminder of my own privilege that I do get to choose to to be out and, and um, that I get to generally uh, decide, you know, when I do share that I'm transgender. Um, I do have a fair amount of blending privilege. And I know that that not everyone has that. I know that um, that not everyone is able to to be visibly um, out because, like Billy mentioned, not everyone is is in a, in a safe position to, to be out. Um, we know that uh, the community as a whole um, is one that 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 deals with a lot of, a lot of issues, a lot of social stigma and blowback, and and not everyone's accepted by their family and friends or, or their. Or their school communities, or their their neighborhoods, and so uh, when I think about it personally, th- that's what I'm reminded of. But I also think, you know, in a larger sense, it's it's just a way for for those of us who who do choose or who are able to be visible, or that that transgender people are just people. Um, I think that there's a lot of portrayals uh, like of us in the media that are that are not accurate and that are very harmful. And when only like one in four. Uh, people in the United States will claim that they know someone who is transgender. That's where a lot of the information about us comes from. So uh, you know, what what they what people see in the media. And so days like this, I think, are really helpful when uh, p- folks can can be out and, and just be themselves. and people can see that, yeah, people are are just people. Um, but I also want to say, and like Billy mentioned as well, if you're not out invisible, if if you're not, you know, if you're not proclaiming or or out or whatever, you're just as valid as anyone else who who is able to be out and share. So thank you for asking.
0: So, Paula, I'm really curious, why do you think, and this question is actually for both of you, but as an educator, why is transgender education important?
1: Well, it's really important for a few reasons. Um, one, like I just mentioned, there isn't a lot of representation of transgender people in in a positive light in the media oftentimes it's pretty negative like when i was growing up the there it was the tropes of of a uh, you know just like a man in a dress and, and it was comedic or scary you know in horror films was common and and it's just it's harmful so it's good for people to be educated that you know we're we're individuals we're just trying to make our way through the world and like Billy mentioned, you know, dealing with things that that people you know deal with every day, and and other things as well. I mean, it's it is a, it is a, something that people you know might or may or may not seek treatment for, and uh, th- with uh, you know, for like gender dysphoria or that mm-hmm. that sense that you're not connected between your gender and 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 you know the body that you were born into, and um, so I think it's important for people to see that. But I also think it's important for for queer people to learn as well, because there hasn't been a lot of education about, about uh, queer people, queer issues, things that are coming up, or even just that representation in normal um, like like education settings. So like for example, in, in health education, when we're talking about domestic violence and intimate partner violence, it's often portrayed as um, like a cisgender, heterosexual relationship and you, and it's important for queer people to see and and transgender you know people being a part of that larger umbrella to see that you know they too deserve, for example, a safe relationship with family and friends and and loved ones. And so that's just one one example. I think too that there's a lot of examples in, in history of queer people and their contributions, and um, they've kind of been swept under the rug. And, and you know, a whole person is a whole person. And when you also you know mention who they are it's important and it shows, uh, you know, current people or students that that they too can can achieve things because when there isn't a lot of representation, it's hard to see yourself yeah. uh, in those roles. i sorry if I'm talking too much, I'm not trying to <laughs> think awesome. of all the time. It's awesome. Billy, would it have made a difference
0: for you when you were in high school, middle school, even elementary school? to have had education, uh, around transgender, even LGBT, I mean, even LGBTQ issues?
2: Uh, I definitely think so. Um, I kind of had to learn about it on my own. Um, and I still had, like, a lot of really supportive friends in middle school, a lot of, um, queer friends, so it was more easy for me at the time to be able to sort of learn about myself and discover more about myself. Um, But again, there wasn't like anyone who just like directly taught me about this. So I like probably came out probably three times or whatever for like, at first it was gay. And then it was, I don't even remember what I came out as after that. And then finally it was trans. Um, And so I feel like, If I did have that education, I would have been able to come to that realization a lot more smoothly, I guess.
0: Now, I I remember um, one of the benefits I have of being your mom is that I remember when you came out and you actually sent me a text at 1030 at night. I was at a retreat and 1030 at night, I get this text and it says, Mom, I'm trans and I had the presence of mind in that moment to send you back a text. Do you remember what I said?
2: I barely remember what anyone <laughs> told me like last week, so no.
0: I asked you what your preferred pronouns were. And, oh yeah, and and that started a conversation. And I wasn't at home, and Dad was at home, and I, Dad came up and hugged and loved, and and like you've both said, not everybody has the the blessing of a supportive family. Uh, you know, 1.4 million adults identify as transgender. And I think those numbers are growing as it becomes safer and safer to do so. Um, what are some of the resources that you're aware of that support transgender individuals and, and LGBTQ plus youth? What's your go-to?
2: Um, well, I guess some of the main like the first resources that I found was um, just the GSA at, like, my high school, um, because, like, my high school had a lot of problems with um, transphobia and homophobia, but the GSA was, like, a little safe haven, I guess, with people who actually understood what it was like. Um, we had a really supportive and really cool teacher who was um, sort of, like, just the adult we needed there, and, um, And I guess other than that, um, also Basic Rights Oregon, since they helped us deal with a lot of those transphobia and homophobia issues um, during my senior year of high school after I'd gotten my car graffitied.
1: Paula, how about you? What are your go to? Again, Billy went right where I was going to go. I think that for youth, if there's a local GSA, that's huge. Uh, to be able to, to reach out to if that's a space that they feel safe entering. Um, I think that um, oftentimes there are like community organizations. I'm sorry, let me correct myself. There might be community organizations uh, that that they could reach out to for some assistance. But really, I think that there are some really safe and supportive places on the web Um, and I know that you have a number of resources that you share, so I won't go over those because I know that they will come up in the show, but just places to get that, that emotional support, because it is a lot. um, It is a lot to come out or, or, or even before that, a lot to start to grapple with those feelings um, for for a lot of folks. So um, I think, I think that it's also really great to find, The people in your life who are going to be supportive of you, be they your family or your found family, those people who who are going to support you or your friends um, and just people to lean on and to talk to because, um, you know, life is life is hard. And finding folks who who will listen to you and lift you up and, you know, dry your tears. I think uh, that's just really key. And that looks different Mm -hmm. for everyone.
2: Yeah, one more resource I actually just saw of um, that's helped a lot of my friends, and it's actually here. Uh, okay, not here, since I'm not in Portland. Um, it's in Portland, um, and it's outside in, um, and they're a really good resource for, like, if you want to actually get started with transitioning. Um, they've helped a lot of people um, who can't afford it, who have issues, who don't have insurance, and, um, and so that's another really good youth resource um, that's somewhere local.
0: You know, it's it's interesting because when we when we think about resources, you know, a lot of this comes in education and Paula. You're an educator. You're an administrator. Um, what kind of curriculum out, is out there now? And if you ruled the universe and could build all the curriculum, what would you do?
1: You know there are some different curriculums out there, and really what I've seen the most is like a comprehensive health curriculum mm-hmm. that goes. You know when you look at the K through 12 spectrum, I think oftentimes when people hear like oh health curriculum, they go right to to sex ed, and and that that seems to be the 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 touch point on which a lot of the controversies surround um, like queer education in, in health. But really, it's that representation and showing that you know every everyone's different relationships are valid, identities are valid, and you deserve to be healthy and happy and safe. And so, you know, there are lots of different iterations of that. Sometimes we hear about books that are being introduced. Um, you know, those are those are oftentimes in the news. I think most often was a book called Max. Um, down in Texas, a teacher read it to the class and there was a, a big community pushback. It was actually quite sad. I mean, the, the teacher read this book in class and uh, people are now calling for that teacher to be fired they brought in like counselors like you would after a, a, like a, a, a bad event at a school to support students and we're talking about a book that's generally you know I, I haven't read it myself so I shouldn't comment on it but uh, my understanding is that it's just kind of a, a generalized yeah. book about a kid who's in school um, I think that we're also seeing, besides just what's being taught directly to students is an emphasis on um, like a positive school culture, not just anti-bullying because that's not enough, but trying to build a school culture that is accepting and and um, welcoming to, to everyone. And I think that's that's key as well, because you can try to stop the problem as it's happening, or you can try to build a foundation where um, students, you know, feel supported, they know where to go to if they need help. And then finally, uh, speaking of where to go to, I think there's there's more training and more emphasis on a statewide level and in different districts around um, you know making sure that educators step in to interrupt uh, harassment or and like administrators to respond and take action to support students when when there is bullying or harassment because youth you know have, have said to us time and time again just statewide that you know we we can report something but we have to believe that something's going to happen because you know we, we want it to stop and so at the classroom level there's the health um you know we're you know that's a big area we're seeing more um, queer history education not like specifically a whole class around it in a in a k-12 public school but like You know, there might be uh, figures in history that that someone needs to, as they're sharing about them, that they were persecuted. Like Alan Turing is is an example, you know, very accomplished, but was drummed out of service because he was gay, right? These are important things to talk about. And so we're seeing more and more of that brought up. Um, But whereas for a very long time, you know, talking about queer issues or, or queer people, it wasn't allowed. Um, students were, were actively shut down if they wanted to, to, and it still happens, but if they wanted to write or talk about, you know, queer issues and, and teachers weren't allowed to talk about it because it was deemed too controversial. And we've just missed so much in, in understanding the history of people around the world.
0: No, that's a really, really good point. And, and I love the positive school culture, um, I know we watched that in action and and Billy, you touched a little bit on on your experience in high school. But um, when you look at that, you know, the resources and what was brought to bear and the experiences that you had, um, what would you like to see? What changes would you like to see?
2: Um, again, like Paula keeps mentioning, like we need representation. We need um, like kids to, um, see themselves in these, like, teaching roles, um, so that they feel actually comfortable in that environment, um, and, like, we need, um, more, like, actual education on, um, just LGBTQ, um, identity and being LGBT in general, since there's still so many people who, like refuse to believe that we even exist. Like they refuse to believe that a trans person can exist. They refuse to believe that um, a gay person can exist. They always say it's a choice or whatever. Um, and so I would really just like to see, um, at least uh, for like, for my high school, just them at least acknowledging their own past failures and um, now taking steps to begin properly educating their students um, Mm -hmm. on being LGBT. And I feel like the education needs to start like even younger and younger, since um, a lot of kids realize their um, gender identity when they're like six or seven, like they get an idea of it Mm -hmm. from an early age. We're not confused or whatever. Um, and so discovering that at such an early age and not understanding it because it goes against this rigid heteronormative, um, cis-normative system that has been built around you can be terrifying for them.
1: You know, and, and if I could just add, I think that it's important not just to, t- to teach students and to have representation, but also to train staff in being supportive of, of queer students and other queer staff members. Um, you know, I've, I've provided trainings to folks on to even things as basic as restroom access. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in our state, someone uses the restroom that that corresponds with their identity. And there are still issues of students who don't have regular access uh, to restrooms. I mean, even, even a student being told, let's say that you're like, you know, registering at a school or something, it's like, oh, which, you know, can I use the restroom? It, which seems like such a silly, it seems like such a simple question, but it's not for a transgender person to ask that, right? There's a thousand different factors that are being considered in that moment. And even to hear, well, I'm not sure I have to check on that. Send such a chilling message to to a child and to their parents that that can, that can flavor the entire experience of that school for a very long time. And so, training staff on what, like the basic expectations are within the function of a school. Yes, you er, people can use a restroom that corresponds with their gender identity. Yes, they can also here's the gender neutral restroom if they want to use that. It's not, and that restroom is not just for transgender students. It's for anybody that wants to use it. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're going to use the pronouns of. Of this student, and they're not preferred. That's what they are. So this is what we need to use. This is this is the name the students going by. This is what they've said. Maybe it's not changed legally yet, but this is how we operate uh, to create an inclusive environment for students. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just you know when I talk to folks, I'm like, look, if you use names and pronouns, it's suicide prevention. It's the it's one of the easiest types of suicide prevention intervention that a school can put into place. And I think that sometimes there's an assumption that all these things are in place, restrooms, pronouns, names, but they're not because you know you have folks with different levels of um, training, experience, own personal beliefs operating within this building and they are, they're all coming in at different times and places. And that's why it's important to have this training that's ongoing. That it's not just a one-off because you're going to miss folks and people need to be reminded of things. And I, I'm not, I mean, I know things, but I'm, I don't know everything. It's good for me to get that professional development as well. Folks that are comfortable or who might even be in the community because things do change. And it's and it's good to learn it and stay on top of, of the best ways to support uh, queer members of the community students or staff or the parents that are coming in because it may not be the student or staff member it might be the parents who are queer parents who are transgender who are coming in into the building and so um yeah I think it's just really important to that we're thinking about education of everyone within the community to support uh, transgender students and, and people and uh, other lgbtq members
2: mm-hmm. yeah that was one thing that I um was happy to see come out after a uh, um, whole thing in my senior year of high school. Um, after we had our walkout and got basic rights organ involved, um, the staff did hold a staff training, um, on like gender pronouns, um, preferred name use and the bathrooms and, um, acknowledging like bullying when it's happening or acknowledging, just acknowledging the, these things when they happen. And, um, pointing them out and then like teaching their rest of the rest of their class to also um, like use those, like think about it in these same ways to think about pronouns and preferred names in these same ways. Um, And okay, I had one more point that I wanted to make. I completely forgot what it was. <laughs> it will. <laughs> cert- uh, oh, that's what it was. Suicide prevention. That's something that, a lot of people really don't think about when they think about like transgender suicide, trans youth suicide, they will think it's like some one-off rare event that has caused this. When in reality, it's the small things that just add up in our everyday lives. It's the like consistent dead naming, consistent misgendering, um, consistent, just, um, just not acknowledging of a gender identity of just dismissing it um, as no big deal. When, if you get misgendered, it's no big deal. If you use the wrong name or whatever, it is a big deal because for a lot of us, um, you feel a lot of very, like a lot of gender dysphoria around those dead names around those like misgendered, um, pronouns. And so when that, like, attack is just constantly coming day in day out, it feels like there's no end and you're just going to be trapped in this body forever. So then what's the point of going on? Wow.
0: You know, at work to be well, we've been doing some training with our curriculum. Uh, with athletic trainers and teaching athletic trainers how to talk about mental health. And after the first training, um, they had an ask for us. They wanted education on how to work with their LGBTQ students because they just didn't want to do what, what you're describing. They wanted to be supportive. They wanted to know. And I found that this coming from athletic trainers, athletic trainers, was quite fascinating, especially in light of, What's going on in some very small-minded states around the country in relationship to sports? I was really struck, and I don't know if you read the the op-ed that Megan Rapino did, where she talked about um, transgender youth just wanting to, needing to belong and be accepted for who they were, um, and and thinking about that uh, just not being there. Uh, for some students. Um, so I appreciate you bringing that that piece to the table. And it brings up that question about, about you know, I know for me why I think it's important uh, to bring awareness to the transgender community. Why do you feel passionate about that as, as people who are part of the transgender community?
2: Um, because I know what it's like to not be accepted i know what it's like to um like face those constant transphobic attacks i know it's like to want to end your life because you feel like you'll never um be able to actually exist as you are and i don't want anyone else to have to go through that like we've already um like i feel like a um aspect of this day that some people forget is that it's not just the transgender day of visibility it's also the transgender day of remembrance yeah. in remembering um those of us who have um who have died um who have um completed suicide who have gone through these things and um weren't able to find a way out um and I feel like um, I just don't want. um, I don't want like any more names to be added to that list of the transgender day of remembrance um, because another person completed suicide um, because another one of us got killed in a fucking hate crime (laughs) Um, and um, like I don't. I don't want um, a community to go through that. I don't want any more people to have to experience this. And it's, like, especially even worse for, um, like, BIPOC um, trans people. Like, the attacks against um, Black trans women have increased so much. So um, these, uh, like, last year um, and have been... Just continuing to increase and oftentimes they aren't talked about like these are cases where um, most of the time they don't make any national news they'll barely make local news Um, and it's something that we need to talk about because these hate crimes are still happening this attack on our identity is still happening and there's still people suffering because of it
1: So the question was, why is it important? Is that what you asked? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Billy, I mean, I think you know, I think back to a couple of years ago, and like I mentioned in the beginning of this, I do have a fair amount of blending privilege, right? I, I, I consistently, you know, can just kind of be identified in the way that, that I so <laughs> desperately need to be in, in the way that I am. And so, um, but not everybody has that, right? And, and I am an, I'm an adult, I have privilege, I, um, you know, had many different types of privileges that mix together, and I decided years ago I was um, at a statewide LGBTQ conference, and I saw uh, young kids kind of running around and and doing their thing, and I was like, I need to do more and be visible, um, because I have had the experience where I have blended and I have come out, and things changed entirely, like uh, like one eighty with with the person and the circumstances, and so. I mean, yeah, I, I have privilege, but I also, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out so well when people know that I'm transgender. But for me, it's important that I'm visible because I do have privilege and can and can use that to try to just show that we're people. Because young folks who, who are, you know, kids that are coming up, they need to be protected and loved and respected so they can grow into the people that they wanna be. Um, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, youth sports, right? Right now in this country, three quarters of people believe in having equal rights and access, including for sports, for transgender people, for transgender youth. It's right now, transgender people are being used as a wedge issue to as a political football to score points. And it's a rough time for trans folks right now. And so being visible, especially on this day to show like we are just people and we are just trying to live our lives and we would like to be treated with respect and have equal access. both within the letter and the spirit of the law, um, it's important, it's important to do that. And so for me personally, I'm, I, it's a real honor to get to, to be visible on a day like this, because I think that the community, not like I'm <laughs> like a superhero by any means, but I think the community, we all need help. You know, right now, transgender rights, uh, it, it's kind of like where like marriage equality was 20 years ago, like the data is almost the same. And I don't want people, including myself, but especially young people to have to wait another 20 years for it to be much more common and accepted to be transgender. And so being visible now and doing that work now, I think is really, um, is really important.
0: Wow. You know, I I know that we're coming to um, the end of our show, but I really, really want to touch into your wisdom around What would you tell uh, a transgender or non-binary teen who's struggling with the body they've been given? What would you say to them? How would you give them hope?
2: Uh, I guess um, uh, it's difficult for me to talk on because I don't really know how I... Managed to become more comfortable with my body. Um, I know that, like, beginning transitioning definitely helped, like, has helped increase my um, confidence a lot. And I'm still, I'm still, like, very much insecure about um, a lot of different parts of my body. But um, I guess one thing that really has helped is just, like, just thinking about that I'm not, like, really dressing or, presenting myself and my body as it is for um, like anyone else, since a lot of my anxiety would stem around um, like being seen as um, male or something or being misgendered because of how I um, am viewed by other people. And I guess I sort of over time began to get over that, like hyperfixation on what other people really think about me. Um, like I know, um, I know my body, I know um, like the parts of it that I am still uncomfortable with. I know the parts of it that I um, am very comfortable and confident of. Um, and so I'm not ashamed of my body. Like, I'm not ashamed um, to, like, hide my... I'm not ashamed to show off my body. um, And I'm not, like, worried about what other people will think about me, like, depending on how I dress, how I present myself, like, how they think my gender identity is because of that, because I know what my gender identity is in myself, and so regardless of however i look i know who i am
1: when when i've had these conversations with young people i think it really comes down to this like you are strong and you are important and you are loved even if you don't feel that right now and just you know just telling them that they what they are feeling is normal this is who they are and i know that we've said it for for a long time but it's true things do get better and that there are going to be people who are going to be out here to support them along the way they are not alone and they can do this um and that you know when the setbacks do come they're just they're opportunities where we learn and 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 move through and and you know just and get to a better place and so really it's just that that emphasizing and supporting that person and this works for educators parents you tell the person that you you care about them and that they are loved and they are important and they can do this and that you're going to be there for them you may not have all the answers and that's okay but you the, the answer is do you care about me yes I'm here for you so that's what I would tell someone
0: Paula and Billy, you are amazing. And I want to thank you so much for sharing your stories, your experiences. We could go on for another hour and a half um, because I think we've only scratched the surface of a conversation that we probably need to continue. Um, you know, Talk to Be Well has been um, very much a platform supporting um, our youth, youth mental health, um, or supporting our youth. In who they are and where they are and what their truth is. Um, so thank you for spending Transgender Day of Visibility and Remembrance with me and our audience. I hope to have you back in the future because um, I know there's a lot more uh, conversations for us to have. If you are looking for help with processing, uh, if you don't feel safe, if you're scared, if you want to talk about these issues, LGBTQ, transgender, health, please call our friends at Youthline, call our friends at the Trevor Project. Um, Those resources are on the Work To Be Well page. There's always somebody here to listen, always. And as Paula said, you are loved, you are cared for, and we see you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. Please check out our resources at worktobewell.org. If you have any healthcare needs, please check them out at providence.org, and please be well. Thank you.